you want to work with someone that you get along with and someone that you can grow old with. So I think that's the biggest answer to your question is finding that right fit for you guys personality wise and also for your, your goals in retirement. It's time to retire with confidence. Welcome to Unlocking Your Financial Future with financial advisor Ben Schrock. Welcome in to episode 32 of Unlocking Your Financial Future, cruising right along. And today we're going into the mailbag and be answering your questions on the show. That's going to be the entire show dedicated to what's on your mind. And a lot of people have been having questions about uh, the market. We got in one of those today, but we have a lot of other topics we're going to cover. So that's why we really enjoy getting into the mailbag and answering emails because we touch on a number of different topics. And that's where we are today. And we'll get answers based on what you provide us. So they're not going to be complete answers, but we'll do the best we can to kind of give you a little bit of guidance and, and kind of help you f uh, get a further along on uh, whatever issue is on your mind or any kind of questions that you might have. And we do so with Ben Schrock as always. He is the owner and financial advisor over at B.A. Schrock Financial Group and Wadsworth. They're online at bashrock-fg.com. Ben, how are you? I'm doing well. I just heard you say it's our 32nd episode. That's yeah. kind of kind of uh, mind-boggling to say we've done it 32 times already. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. It happens pretty fast, but it does. we've covered a lot of topics and I know uh, we've, we've gotten more into doing these mailbags as questions come in. And let me remind you that you can send questions in to the website, or uh, you can connect on Facebook, message us there, or you can call the office at 330-473-1060. But you know, this kind of gives us a chance to cover a lot of different topics because I know you enjoy doing that. Uh, I know you you really focus on Social Security. Taxes get you fired up, but you can cover yeah. <laughs> a lot of different topics. So yeah, we'll do that today. Uh, so let's dive right in and start with a question from Tanner. And I like this question. It's one that kind of relates to me and a lot, I know a lot of other people. It's kind of a, a trend recently, but we had kids later in life than most people. So they'll still be in college when we're ready to retire. Should we just make them get student loans instead of trying to come up with the money to pay tuition after we're already retired? Yeah, that's a tough one. I mean, um, this was so personal because I'll speak from my personal standpoint. I had student loans and still have some student loans and uh, my wife does not. So it's kind of, I'm on the fence where, you know, I, I feel like, you know, I don't think having some student loans is a bad thing. Honestly, I think that it gives the kid or the child or adult at that time um, some responsibility to, you know, actually own the, the, the privilege to go to college and, and pay for that. And then if they also want to look at, you know, subsidizing or helping them pay that, they can do that. And they can also make their child get the student loan and then also maybe pay that off at the end of the four years after they graduate for them. But in essence, what you want to make sure of Tanner is that you're not putting your own retirement plan in jeopardy because it, although it'd be great and, and a great accomplishment to send your child to school, uh, they probably wouldn't be too happy if you moved in with them after you ran through their, all your retirement money paying for their education. So it's something also to think about and it's, it's something serious. I kind of joke about it, but it is serious to say, you know, we don't want to jeopardize your own retirement. If you're fortunate enough to allocate some assets towards their education, great. We can do that. If it's going to disrupt your overall plan, we're going to tell you that. And that's why I tell every single person we see, you know, you're my client. I have to answer to you, not your child. So we're going to do what's best for you and make the recommendation that's best for you and your wife. Thanks for that question, Tanner. This next one, I think is probably one that you've gotten uh, at least a time or two here recently, but Jason writes in and asks, is it wise for me to own some gold in my portfolio and what percentage would be appropriate? Yeah, that's a really good one. And, and I think it, it is. I, I mean, I think gold is a great alternative asset class that you can own that's going to kind of move 
really not correlated with the overall market. So, you know, we've seen gold kind of rise here um, over the past couple of weeks. And again, this is probably removed from when it'll be aired, but I don't know what it'll be by the time this actually airs, but it, it does move kind of independently of the, of the overall market. So um, I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's a good diversifier that a good asset class to have within your portfolio. Um, now, with that being said, I don't think it's wise to turn your whole 401k into gold like you see on TV with some of those commercials, but uh, maybe owning two to 5% uh, could be a, a valuable position within your overall plan. Okay. Good to know. Phil writes in, he's uh, worried about the coronavirus that we've yeah. been talking about on a couple episodes. If you miss any of those, you can go back and listen to them. They're online at bashrock-fg.com. But Phil writes in, the coronavirus scare has me convinced that the market will keep crashing again and again. I'm ready to move everything to cash now. Is there any reason to wait? Yeah, that's uh, the million dollar question. You know, Phil, it, it's tough. It, and we talked about this in previous episodes, not making those knee jerk decisions to just get everything out because the hardest thing that clients have and people have in general is when you do sell the money or get money out of the market selling at a low, it's that difficulty of when to get back in. And I say this over and over because it's so challenging for them because they, you believe the market's still going down, it's going down, and it keeps on going further down. And you keep on second guessing yourself until you finally pull the trigger and you sell. Then you feel relieved, but then you also feel nervous. You don't know when you should get back in. And then all of a sudden the market comes back up and you're thinking, well, it's going to come back down again, isn't it? And it never does. And it never does. And then meanwhile, you're just sitting there in cash, not really doing anything. So oftentimes as much as a, a challenge for you to sit tight, that is honestly the best advice during this time frame: is to sit tight, let the market do its thing. It will recover and you'll be in a better position. I think I read something really interesting on a side note on this topic, Ben. I thought someone said, or I, 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 I'll have to source this out, but they said if you invested money within the market from 2000 till current, the money would have quadrupled. I believe if you did not sell or do anything um, with your money in that period of time, it would have increased by four. So that's wow. pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah. That's Even with big, all those markets. Yeah. That's with 2008 and what we've seen recently too. So that's, uh, yep. that's pretty incredible. But it just speaks to why it's important to put that money in and, and invest in the long term and not react uh, to any up or down either way. Yeah. So, Phil, that's uh, something to remember. But definitely want to sit down with an advisor and try to figure out your best course of action before you decide to do anything, especially anything that drastic. Penelope is next. We're both 63 years old and we haven't saved very much for retirement. In fact, we haven't really saved anything at all. But we're about to sell our farm to a young family and the sale will net just under a million dollars. We'll need to buy a house to move into. But other than that, what should we do with this money? Yeah, well, congratulations. That's a, a great sale and, and a great opportunity for you and your husband. So I, you know, there's a number of things you can do with that, Penelope. And a lot of this is going to boil down to your overall situation in, in terms of how much um, income you need to receive off of that, if at all any income you need to receive off of that, and then invest that accordingly. So with your money coming from the sale of a house or a property, it's all going to be net after tax. So it's going to give us a lot of different options in terms of how you invest that money. Now, obviously, with the market being where it is today, our advice would vary depending on different market climates. But you could fund some after-tax vehicles like municipal bonds and, and get some tax-free interest, both on a federal and state level, depending on the, the municipal bond that you buy. Um, you could also buy some individual equities and, and through proper management, do some tax loss harvesting, which we talked about in previous episodes. So you can tune back to those and, and catch out what that is. But it gives you an opportunity to really get some income off of that portfolio or off that, that money that's not going to be taxed or be taxed at a, a much better rate than it would be from an IRA. Okay. Hope that answers your question, Penelope. Next up is Denver. 
who writes, how much long-term care coverage is recommended? It seems there are hundreds of different policy options. Yeah, I think I could spend a, a whole episode just on this topic alone. But um, yeah, long-term care is uh, a challenge because it is one of the few things that have outpaced inflation over the past couple of years. And it's something that is very expensive on the insurance side. So, you know, I think right now the average, I check in your local community, but I, th- I believe the average is anywhere from six to $7,500 a month. So you take that times 12, anywhere from what, 72000 to, to $90,000 a year in terms of cost. And if you're married, you're going to double that. So times it by two. So that's the total of coverage you need per year. And a lot of programs, a lot of, of policies will either do an unlimited amount where you get that that dollar amount they pay for the coverage for as long as you're in the nursing home. A lot of them will structure them on a certain time frame, usually around the five years. So you multiply that number by five, that tells you how much actual coverage you need for your situation. So we do it a little bit differently though, Ben. We like to plan for the difference, plan for the gap or the shortfall. Because the one thing that people don't understand is is that when you do go into a nursing home, your income does not stop. So that your social security is still going to come in. If you're receiving a pension, that's still coming in. So the money that you're that you have coming due every month is going to, you know, kind of work for you in sense to pay for the long-term care facility. So in essence, you might not really need that $180,000 I mentioned. You might have 80 grand coming in. So your true needs only a hundred. So kind of working with an individual that's really savvy in that, that field that knows how to give you the right dollar amount, as opposed to just selling you a policy and getting a nice big commission on it would be my best advice on, on working forward with that. Yeah. Good advice. Thanks, Denver. Uh, last question for the show comes in from Tim. He writes, I've had the same financial advisor for 20 years, but it seems like he's phasing out of the business and passing things on to a younger advisor in the firm. Should we stick with them or is it time to find someone new? We haven't interacted with the new advisor much, but I can tell I'm already a little frustrated by how long it takes to get an email response back to our questions. Yeah, Tim, this is something that we actually we're seeing a lot of in our industry. You know, there, there's quite an age gap for the financial advisors that are kind of phasing out of the business that are like the same age as, as most of the baby boomers that have done this their whole career and are starting to think about retirement themselves. And then there's not a lot of people in between that and then the younger group of advisors like ourselves. So, you know, the transition to a new advisor does happen quite frequently in, the, in our industry. My best advice to you is saying you're now going to be working with that individual. So everything that old previous advisor has done with you in the past, you know, you can kind of forget about, I mean, I guess on a relationship side, because he's going to be out enjoying his life in retirement and, and not really doing the day-to-day operations. So really get to know that advisor. If you feel like it's not a good fit for you personality wise or professionally, then it's time to start looking around and see, okay, who else can I work with? Or, or is there other options out there? And the answer to that is obviously, yes, there's a lot of other firms out there that, that are willing to work with you and help you. So I guess the longest short of it is you want to work with someone that you get along with and someone that you can grow old with. So I think that's the biggest answer to your question is finding that right fit for you guys personality wise and also for your your goals in retirement. Yeah, it doesn't hurt to take in a meeting with somebody else just to get to know another advisor or two to see uh, see how they fit with you. Can't ever hurt. Absolutely. Uh, Well, Ben and his team, uh, you can always talk with them. They always are taking new clients, working with new people as well. B.A. Schrock Financial Group. They're online at bashrock-fg.com. You can call them as well, 330-473-1060. Maybe reach out to them, uh, Tim, and sit down and have a meeting with them and uh, see how they fit for your needs. But either way, work with uh, somebody that you're comfortable with because it is your money and it is your retirement and you want to take care of it uh, that way. So, 
that'll do it for us. That's uh, all of our mailbag questions today. If you ever have something on your mind about retirement planning, financial planning, as you see, insurance, social security, taxes, uh, gold, any of this stuff, we cover a lot of different topics here. And uh, Ben does a good job kind of helping us sort through it. So send them in, bashrock-fg.com. A few more episodes probably until he gets another mailbag, but we'd love to hear from you if you have something on your mind. So that'll do it for us on this episode. Hit subscribe if you have the opportunity, and the next one will be delivered right to you. Also, go back to all the old episodes if you missed anything or just catching up. They're all online at bashrock-fg.com. So, Ben, that'll do it for us. Thanks for uh, the time on answering these questions. I think we covered a lot of good topics today. Yeah, and hopefully next time we chat, uh, markets are recovered and no more coronavirus. Let's hope, man. Fingers crossed that we'd all be yep. a little bit happier, wouldn't we? For sure. Well, we'll talk to you next time. Hopefully things will be looking up soon enough. But either way, this will pass, and uh, we'll, we'll be on the other side to, to help you with the financial planning, and Ben and his team will do that as well. So thanks for listening to this episode. We'll talk to you next week. Investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through B.A. Schrock Wealth Management, Inc. and A.E. Wealth Management, LLC. B.A. Schrock Wealth Management and A.E. Wealth Management are not affiliated companies. B.A. Schrock Wealth Management is an independent financial services firm that helps people create retirement strategies using a variety of insurance and investment products. Investing involves risks, including the potential loss of principal. Any references to safety, security, or guaranteed lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investment products. Insurance and annuity product guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. BA Schrock Wealth Management is not permitted to offer and no statement made during the show shall constitute tax or legal advice. You should talk to a qualified professional before making any decisions about your personal situation. We are not affiliated with the U.S. government or any government agency. This podcast is a paid placement. It is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be used as the sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice to designed to meet the particular needs of an individual situation.